All right, we are on in the post show. We are rolling. The tape is running. And okay, I was looking at some of my tweets that I like. So this is a guy who, who got a Reddit thing. Wait, what? You just like hard-boiled eggs. Read the read the note. Hard-boiled eggs are disgusting. I almost died eating one. Crunchy soft mix is absolutely <laughs> disgusting. It's like eating a ravioli covered in chips. <laughs> yes, eggshells are gross. Take the shell off, dude. Eggshells are not good to eat. Wait, why, why is this playing again? Because you like candy. I do, but not that much. Okay, let's play this. Yo, yo, yo. <laughs> what, what's the hip hop doing in here? Really There's no interest in this one though. Not yet. Well, it's, I think that. You think after like the first verse, it'll yeah. switch. Like a call. Uh, what's a what's a challenging right. bones type like, thing? It feels like somebody's like first effort at mixing stuff, so it's not. Yeah. You gotta go quicker. In it. You did you see the it. Did you see the video? Uh, in Oakland where that racist white chick called the cops on black people having a barbecue in the park yes I didn't see the video no. you didn't see the video oh so there was um oh don't my phone on me it just comes okay that's not that, that's, that's not. the off, most Shit. worst remix ever there was a I forget the name of the guys but there's Two black guys that kind of say your prayers. They were doing like a MST, a Mystery Science Theater, theater 3000 on the video. <laughs> it, was, it was hilarious. I wish I could remember the name of the. Damn it. I, I can't think of it right now. I'm on my phone. It's upstairs. Um, I have no internet. What? I have no internet right now to consult. Oh, okay. I was going to say, you have your next I'm on your No, no, I have no phone and no computer, so now I have to go for my memory, which is awful. Makes it light. <laughs> so here's what pissed me off this week. There's a boy in Ellie's class named Gavin McKnight. Oh, Gavin. Fucking Gavin McKnight, but I guess he's kind of the class clown. Yep. And Allie's like, oh, he burns me all the time. And it's okay. But it's like, he's almost like a negger. A negger. Like, <laughs> ne- you know, like or negging. Negging. Sorry. <laughs> negging. Jesus Christ. Yes. Not a negger. He's not a, he's not a don't, neg. Dr- don't do it again. He's negging. And what? what, what someone who negs. Someone who negs, <laughs> yes. But what... You know, like this whole, like, the whole thing I'm trying to instill into her is, you know, to combat the adolescent 
drop in achievement in math and science and stuff, right? And like now there's this asshole coming along, is putting her down, and she thinks it's oh it's just Gavin being Gavin. He's doing it for a laugh. And it's okay. I'm like it's not okay. It's not okay. But how are you gonna? I mean, you can't fight fucking that shit. Gavin McKnight. You, well, you can't fight the the, the forces of Why culture. Is he such a douchebag name. It is kind of a douchebaggy name, but uh, because parents thought Gavin is not a name that everybody has, and so they were like, and and now we associate Gavin with the guy on on Silicon Valley, and that doesn't hurt, doesn't help him because <laughs> that guy's a douche. Actually, you just tied into something I wanted to talk about. Thanks for reminding me. You're welcome. So when Max was born, mm-hmm. I wanted a name that was kind of a classic, but not in common use. Right? Do you know any Maxes? Or Maxwells that are in your age group, that are peers of yours. No, right. But do you remember that I guessed the that I guessed that name? I don't remember that. Yeah, I, I said, "Who would Jeff pick?" And I think it was like the third of my guess, like okay. the third guess. Right. I don't remember. And that you're like, yeah. <laughs> so there's something culturally, because like it. And, like, Max is playing deck hockey, right? And there's, like, always another Max on the other team. Well, because it's a cultural thing to want a unique name, but not a name that's super unique. Like, you're not going to go back to Mildred. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so I wanted Clementine for Allie, actually. Oh, really? I did. That would have been really... That would have been neat. And because especially since I think now you're going to see more... Because now there's a Clementine character on, on Westworld. And it's popular uh, enough so, that there will so, be... Um, like Probably where I got the idea was... Remember um, Eternal Sunshine on the Spotless Mind? With Jimmy I've Karen? never seen it, never actually. Seen it. The character in that was Clementine. So okay. that, that's that's... That's the character that brought it to my attention. Yeah, and, and that that's always the case. It's yeah. not like you pick things out of the ether, right? You, you're... Well, for Maxwell, I don't know where I got it that well, everyone else got it. You knew that Max was a name. Yeah. So, and, But Maxwell Smart was not something that anyone was trying to aspire to. Was Maxwell Smart your like the thing that you thought of when you thought no, of Max? No, I was Well, so basically I, I wanted I wanted a classic name. I didn't want a name like Ranger. Right. You know, is a noun instead of a name, you know, that kind of thing. Uh And I I wanted something that was, you know, off the beaten path. Uh So I didn't want to make up a name. I wanted a name that was established as as a classic name. So, you know, like, it's just weird because there's so, I mean, but my question to you is going to be, is... Max having this resurgence, or is it kind of like that confirmation bias where I drive a Honda Civic, so all I see on the road is Honda Civics? Can it be both? It could be both, but it should be one or the other. Why? No, no, that's the that is the bias. It has to be one or the other. It can't be. No, it should, a it should be. Of both. You should be able to know whether Max is more popular now than it, than you 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 not necessarily right. I mean because. Only in isolation can you determine that sort of thing. Otherwise, you run into the central limit theorem. Other, otherwise, everything is going to turn into a normal distribution. If you take in too many variables, then everything's going to fall into a normal distribution. Okay, it's central limit theorem, basically. Uh, and so, no, if, if if you're if you're not 
you're asking a combination of very of, of kind of two very dis, seemingly distinct cultural factors that aren't necessarily super distinct. Which is, is there more ma- are there more maxes being made? Which you can you can ask that question. There's a definite statistical answer, and then you can say, "Am I noticing max more often?" That's hard. Which is much harder to answer. Yeah. No, the first one's the one that I was looking for an answer. So, for example, if I named Ali Clementine in 2008, my inspiration was from Eternal Sunshine of the Spotless Mind. Mm-hmm. I would understand if there was a bump of Clementines around that time. I didn't get, I mean, as far as my consciousness knows, I didn't get Max from anything in pop culture. I picked a classic name that was underused. Right. And all these other people, I presume, picked a classic name that was underused. It, yeah, I mean, they, they could have been following a very similar process. and But, like I said, they, did, they didn't pick a name that what was... Made ripe, what made Max ripe for use? That, because, that's... because like I said, it wasn't a Gertrude or it wasn't a, 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 a Mortimer, right? <laughs> so, it, I don't know if you remember the barley wine that I made for Allie. Because I had uh, a joke, yeah. right? If it, I was looking for the ugliest, like, most archaic names that were classic names uh-huh. so Allie's barley wine was called Rupert and Ethel's barley wine mm-hmm. ale <laughs> but the Rupert came from Survivor remember that Rupert yes. character guy yeah you know that's where I got the Rupert name from Ethel and was just Ethel kind of, alcohol <laughs> Not, no, Ethel was a, kind yeah, of just yeah. a stereotypical old right. lady's name right I expect you might see more Mortimers because of Rick and Morty. Like, you might see that mm-hmm. pop up. I expect to see more Clementines because of Westworld. Okay. Like, I think yeah. that it's there's enough cultural consciousness of the yeah. name mm-hmm. that it starts to appear. Clementine's a cool name. It is a cool name. Heather wouldn't go for it. She let me have Max. I was surprised she would let me have Max. She wanted Zach, but we have a, co- a second cousin who's Zach, so it was yeah. like a little too close. Zach is a little too saved by the bell for me. It's like influenced by that. So. <laughs> um, I guess you go with the Zach Braff type thing, but still not Zach Galvanakis. There you go. So, and that's the weird thing. Like, why, why do we associate names with people when it's a it's independent thing? How 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 much do you think people live up to their names? It varies. I mean, like, okay, so one, so here, here, one of Ali's friends' dads is a Francis. And he is definitely a Francis, <laughs> you know. And yeah, I think there's it, it's an interesting it's an interesting quality because there there are two ways to look at it, right? One, well, there are many ways to look at it, but there are two like distinct ways that I'm thinking about to look at it, which is one, you as you know somebody who has this name, you start to associate those qualities with that name, and the second is. As there is a cultural consciousness behind a name, a person starts to absorb the cultural consciousness behind that name. Mm-hmm. So because there is a cultural consciousness around Francis, you will probably... If you call me Francis, I'll kill you. Well, you will probably tend to find people who cluster around being like that cultural consciousness and cluster around being very much the opposite and less in between mm-hmm. I mean, people who you can't really like they're Francis but they're not really a Francis but they're kind of a Francis like you won't find many of you those find the dichotomy right yeah but like oh man you know, 
Oh, he's like the nerdiest guy I've ever met. <laughs> <laughs> Nerdier than me? I'm pretty fucking nerdy. No, he's... You're geek. Okay. He's nerd. Right. You're like Revenge of the Nerds nerd. Oh, okay. Yeah, I'm, I'm probably more geeky. Which I think is worse, because geeks don't know anything. Nerds know shit. Oh, yeah, but geeks kind of have like a cultural pass of just being interested in things where nerds are socially inept and yeah, but they know shit, so who cares? Yeah, but that's it. A nerd is socially inept unless you're taking it back and trying to, you know, like wearing the "I love nerds" T-shirt. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. But like a nerd, nerd. Is a person who doesn't realize a pocket protector is uncool. You know, that's that's a nerd. Or a geek <laughs> is someone who just really likes physics. Right. Sure. Sure, I can see that. I mean, in modern things. Because geek definitely did not come from there. Right. Uh, Dave Morton, by the way, responded to our last uh, post show saying that he's reminded of a good definition of AI being... Because remember we talked about AI and, and, and the, the, the IKEA question, and you, you, your big complaint was you didn't think doing an IKEA, making IKEA. At least the, you were you were complaining about the headline, really was you know especially mm-hmm. on on relisten because you know it's hard when you're doing the post show and you're a little mm-hmm. tipsy, sure. so you're, you're thinking about different things. But on relisten, your, your big complaint was you had this kind of initial feeling from the headline that was not didn't follow through in the article. Right. Which right. was... It was exactly... The headline was, one of the hardest tasks in the world is putting together IKEA furniture. Which infers one of the hardest human tasks in the world is putting together IKEA furniture. Right. And, and but to... what what the tr- most truthful headline would have been, would have been, one of the hardest tasks for a computer to do is putting together IKEA furniture. And I still disagree with you because... Okay. <laughs> I mean, I think it's a finer point that I disagree with you on, but I think that the, the, the point was what we classify as hard is different than necessarily what we think of as hard. Okay. And so it, it was kind of making a, a somewhat ironic statement okay. that was then sure, qualified. Sure, sure. All right, so let me try to... I think I can express my point to you, and if this doesn't do it, I'm, I'm done fighting. But... Putting together IKEA furniture without directions and with directions. With directions is orders of magnitude easier. Yes. No. Let, let me let me complete. And let IKEA me tell furniture you Dave, comes with directions. Let me tell you what Dave said because okay. it may help. Right. I think it was a really good comment and it may help uh, you, you you grasp this or maybe not. Who knows? Uh, but he said he's reminded of a good definition of AI being able to make a cup of coffee in someone else's kitchen. Okay. That's a hard problem. Like you don't necessarily think it's hard, but trying to like okay, it's but, I tried to teach Max what I thought would be something. I mean, to me it's something mm-hmm. easy to, mm-hmm. and it took a while because I and as I was doing it I realized, "Oh wait, this is really hard what I'm trying to teach." Which is well, tying and, the shoe. And Max has, has experience with manipulating yeah. ropes and tying knots. Yeah, Max well. was not like at all like slow i mean he he was able to tie a knot in in 20 minutes which is you know pretty free fast he he, he knew what he was doing 
he was just I mean I was doing these things and, and you, you know him more so you were able to communicate more at the end a little bit easier but he was he was right on point he was listening he was trying to do everything yeah he put a lot of effort into it mm-hmm. the biggest thing I was worried about was that he was I, I know I know how much you believe in your shoelace not um, well that's why I went to the easier not at the end because yeah. I wanted to get I wanted to get something accomplished you want to finish on a high note yeah. sure but that's the thing I was worried about was like It took more. It takes much more dexterity and understanding knot theory in doing your knot than in doing the, the traditional shoelace knot. Well, I don't understand knot theory at all. I mean, but you're talking about like okay, switch the strands in your fingers without moving your fingers. You know, yeah, like, like yes. you know, there, there's a lot more subtle and unsaid things. There's that, more dexterity, and, and even though the, I was trying to explain it like side by side with him, it's still hard yeah. to show the movement. Well, I think part of it is you realize how hard it is to describe manipulating yeah. ropes, but but you know the traditional loop, swoop, and pull. Not, mm-hmm. you can probably see why they teach that to kids now. Yeah, right. Because he did it like on the first try. Right. I mean, I gave him a little bit of direction, but and and I, it's not like I came into that cold. I mean, I had to teach Allie how to tie that, and I feel because I'm a knot guy, I was able to um, elucidate the some of the finer points. Yes, like. Keeping the keeping this one hole open, using your thumb as a hook. Like I didn't do it with Max, but when I do it, with but that, no, you were able to point out just keep the, where he was having trouble. You were able yeah. to, you were able to identify immediately. Oh, you're having trouble there. Yeah. You can look at that point. Yeah. I wasn't able to see that because I don't know. I don't know knot theory. Yeah. Whereas he was a good example of a thing. I think I nailed the explanation of of why the. Or at least a reasonable explanation of I don't know whether Max necessarily interpreted it right. I think he was being just he was he was like okay okay, but I think like if you were to go back and listen to that, Mm -hmm. like that made sense. The explanation of why the copper tube slowed the magnets like that would make sense to most people. I think it would didn't have any. I I think you know to really get him to kind of grok it, you know we would have to have a real like that's an abstract generator. Yeah. Go, go to a non-abstract generator. Get actually a motor with a crank on it. Right, have yeah. It, it, it was me you know? trying to explain electricity to a kid who had, and, and how a generator worked to somebody who had no understanding of yeah. what even electricity was and just explaining it by a concept of a water wheel. Yeah. And But because I do understand electricity on that level, like you understand not, so you were mm-hmm. able to, to see, okay, where where can I go with this to make it right. simpler? And I could, for the knots, but I could with the, like, you, it's, it's always easier to explain something when you, when you understand it. The more you understand something, the easier it is to, okay, break it down to simpler and simpler and simpler things. There's, I mean, I'm hardly a PhD in knot theory, but right. knot theory is kind of interesting. I read about it Oh, it's very, bit. it's a because super interesting there's things subject. about, you know, bites and binding and things like that, and... And also, like, different uses. Like, if you're using it on a sail on a sailboat, there's a lot of uh, back and forth. So you don't want the work itself loose. So you, you know... There's some amazing number file videos on, on knot theory you should check out. Because okay. when you get into the mathematics of, of what a knot is, uh, and it has to do with, with, with 
with the way in which things are constructed so they can't be pulled apart. I think that's right. But, I mean, a good knot stays taut. Right. Until you want to remove it. Like, you just make a spaghetti knot, it'll hold, but you can't untie it, right? Mm-hmm. So, like, the ultimate knot is a knot that will do its job with the least amount of turns right. and be easily untied. And that's the knot I know and, and, and showed Max, but it's a hard one to express. Mm-hmm. And, I mean, it's a super easy knot to perform once you know well, it. I mean, you're not... And it is a great knot because it, it, it does exactly those things. It's easy to deconstruct and you're it's easy to You're not basically a square knot. Yes, but, no, it's, it's, like, it's, it's the it, perfect it's kind of, square it's knot. Kind of, it's kind of hacking the construction of it. Yes. And that's the hard part, right? Because you're not taking an end and threading it through. Where, so you're hacking your life. You're you're hacking how you build the knot, right? And that's it's it's the life hack that you have, but it's not good for introductory. Yeah, and I didn't you know. I should have, you know, in retrospect, when I once I recognized that Max didn't even know how to tie his shoes, I shouldn't have gone into. Well, here's how you do it in the advanced way. I don't have any rope handy because I want to show you a similar uh, analogy there. Let me get a cord. I think cord's the best we're going to have. Well, let me let me tell you something that may, you may find interesting. Okay. Because I found it very interesting. Uh, so, recently, our company uh, changed its... Uh, the company I work at, not our company, but the company I work mm-hmm. at, changed its uh, provider of private equity. Okay. So what's interesting is that you know, I've been with the company for nearly four years now. I'm a I'm a shareholder. It's not a pri- it's it's not a public company, but I was still a shareholder of mm-hmm. you know, class A, B, and C or whatever they're called. So I got to pay out because they. They switched their private equity firm. Now, the good thing is that everybody, like all the top management, bought right back in. They're not going anywhere. Right. So, you know, it's really just providing more equity for us. <laughs> I'm gonna skip this song. I don't. I don't like Bon Jovi at all. Um. Yeah, Kenny Loggins. Let's do that shit. Okay. Um. The number I got was much. More surprising than I thought it would. Well, good be. for you. Yeah. So I. So I'll, I'll write. I don't want to, because who knows who's listening, right? I don't want to. I'll write down the number, which mm-hmm. was like. So I that's did, your cash out in yeah equity. Yeah. And then okay. I did not expect that. Right? I mean, I I thought it was going to be uh, a fifth of that. That's good. Yeah. Good for you. So that's cool, and I'm going to use it, I believe, to uh, get a new car. Because I mean, so if you put it back in, like, what's the next out since it's a private company? How's well, that no, I believe I don't think they're going to ask us to put it back in so much as they'll just. Well, no, not ask you, but say you wanted to parlay, right? Say you wanted to uh, take this money, which you weren't expecting, uh-huh. and reinvest it into the future success of your company, right? Yeah. But it's a private company, so you can't sell stock outright. Yeah, yeah no, there. You, you would so. there there if you rejected this then the pay I don't know exactly what would have happened but there was you we had to sign something to get this but you get more shares or 
I'm not sure. Okay. I'm okay. actually not sure. But I believe, like, this is a better way of... Like, I'm really happy this happened. Mm-hmm. And I'm also kind of excited because it seems like, or at least the message we're getting is, we're also going to give you shares going forward. It's not like now you have to buy back shares. No, I mean, yeah. you're going to get... I'm just curious, like, what's the because... plan, right? Are they going to be useless until you go public? Or there's going to be, like, dividend? Or, I, know, I don't like... know exactly, but... This was like, okay, the the company got a flood of money, in, but we're going to give out a portion of that, or dec- a really nice, decent portion of that, to the employees that made the company this valuable in the first place. And that's a real... I'm not used to that, right? Yeah, I mean, right. I'm not used to even hearing about that. And it's certainly not something that you, you recognize companies doing a lot. So I was like really... I mean, it was taken aback by, but I was, I was like, "Wow, that's that's awesome!" Like, that's cool. I don't, I, I can't think of something that makes me want to like, keep working for a company even more than like you are respected as an employee. Yeah. That's cool. So, I mean, that that's just it's a it's awesome. It was like totally unexpected. It came out of the blue. Yeah, it's great. Awesome. All right, so the knot I'm going to show you is called a bowline. Bowline. And it's a knot that they you call a safety knot. So, like, if you're going to lower somebody down on a rope, this is a knot that won't cinch in on the person and, like, strangle them. Right. You know, that kind of thing. So, the way you make it, and the way it was taught in Scouts was um, a little kind of mnemonic thing to remember. But, so you start with, basically, this part here is going to be the loop. This part, big, big part here. This okay, smaller, first of all, you made a little loop. So, let's yes. start with that. There's a little loop. But it's about, you know... 25 or 27 inches in from the end of the rope, right? Okay. So, and the loop, the way you make the loop matters. The the tail, the long end of the rope that goes on for forever needs to be underneath. Yeah. That's one thing that I learned in, in, in the shoelace. I never knew that. But when I learned that the shoelace thing, I learned, okay, you have to pay attention to which one is going over and which yeah. one is going under. So, he, I'll show you the Boy Scout thing, right? You have a hole and you have a tree. Right, and the tree has to, you know, on the loop part, it has to be underneath. If you do it backwards, it doesn't work. So the the mnemonic thing is, the end of the power cord here, the rope, the rabbit comes out of the hole, goes around the tree, and back down the hole. And when you're cinching it up, you got to make sure that this loop doesn't twist on you. But when you pull it tight, you have a bowline. And if this was a rope, this would be a good knot, and it wouldn't cinch you. It's a power cord, so it doesn't really work it's the same way. And, Too uh, stiff, right? Yeah. yeah. But the the pic, the image of this is very iconic, and it's it's a good knot. Now there is a thing called a bowline on a bite, and on a bite means you don't have either end of the rope available to you. You're in the middle of the rope, so you're going to start with the same loop, and you're going to take the the end of the the the. So I folded the the cord in half right and in the court at a quarter way of the rope i made the little hole that in the tree that the rabbit comes out right, kind of a little circle and of... so now my rabbit is the actual halfway point of the rope which is folded over so it's going to come out of the hole but instead of going around the tree and back down the hole here's here's the hack similar to your shoelace thing i'm going to hold everything tight and i'm going to pull the remainder of the loop through the rabbit's mouth, if you will, 
And when you slide it back down, you get a bowline on a bite. Mm. So it's a different mechanics, but it really kind of gives you the same knot. I mean, that's, that is the, the really cool thing about knot theory is that you think of knots, and especially like somebody like me who kind of looked at somebody who could tie knots like you and be like, wow, I have no idea. But they're, they're simple, right? I mean, they're, they're simple and, and they're they're really just kind of simple mathematical constructions. Because they're simple mathematical constructions, you can come up with ways to hack them into being. Mm-hmm. Because they're they're just a, a series of of ways of uh, in which surfaces are, are interacting with each other. So, yeah. I mean, I, I do think that is fascinating, I feel. Like, that... that it, it's one of the, that amazes me, <laughs> literally. Like that is that's amazing. Just seeing that, watching you be able to do that, I was like, wow. Like, and I I could not repeat those steps, but I could now say, I you know I, I got showed a, uh, that kind of knot uh, uh, um, with a bite. I know it was with a bite. Bowling with a bowling with a bite on a bite. Bowling on a bite. And the way it was constructed was kind of a, almost a deconstruction of, of what well, you Well, it's very before. similar to how you tie your right. shoe. Right. Because it's it's a subtle manipulation where you're not really working with the ends of the rope. Right. Yeah. You, so that's what I see similar in the I see. Things. Okay, that does make... Yeah, so... Because it's kind of over... It, it's... Yeah, because you're used to... Okay, that you make a loop and you wrap the rope around because you're using the ends of, of the lace. But... You're a, but with the way I tie it, it's yeah. You're hacking the middle. You just okay. You're forget the ends of the lace. Those are are extraneous. Let's just work with what's here, mm-hmm. and you get this really quick and easy boom. There, it's done, mm-hmm. and uh, yeah, that square knot comes immediately, and it's always perfect because yeah. because in order to do the hack correctly, you have to have those ends right. And what I learned was that. I was so bad at making knots before because I didn't... When you tie a shoelace, you're supposed to switch. You're supposed to make the first the, the first hitch knot. I think it's called okay. hitch, right? And then you're yeah, supposed to a, change. It's a half hitch, yeah. A half hitch, and then you're supposed to change. So one goes over the other, and then you're supposed right. to do the other backwards. Well, it, it's the difference between a square knot and a granny knot, right? Yes, and a granny so, knot is, is, is the one that comes apart easily. Yeah, so if you look at a square knot, right? I have... A, I have an end of my cord in my left hand and one in the right hand. So I'm going to put the left hand, left rope on top and do a hitch. And now I'm going to do the right knot on top and do a hitch. So the same end of the cord, the male end of the cord, and so you have the symmetrical knot. And when it bites down, it has this kind of counteracting friction to it. Where if you do a granny knot, where if I do the left hand over top and then the left hand over top, it doesn't have the same symmetry, and it kind of walks out. Look, yep. look how it's sliding. Mm-hmm. And that's yeah, symmetry is, is is the point. I'm glad that you brought up symmetry because it's it's a really like it's such an important thing about everything that I that that I've learned about physics. So the fact that you're kind of sort of aware of it is 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 cool. Like it comes it, it comes up in so many different things, right? Symmetry is such an mm-hmm. important part of of. Of so every, it's everything so that I learned. Like you I had your passion for glory. I answered a question today, in fact, in, in the Ask Science Reddit, which somebody was asking, 
uh, is a less abstract definition for energy. And my explanation is a failure at that in terms of making it be less abstract. But but at the same time, I think it gets to a, a deeper thing. So here's what I said. The energy is the quantity that is conserved in systems that obey a continuous time translation symmetry. This means, roughly speaking, the system works exactly the same way on Tuesday and on Thursday. A thousand years ago from now, a million years ago, a million years from now, a million years ago, the system works the same. That means it's time translation symmetric. Uh, the model that he uses to teach me this is the concept of an ideal harmonic oscillator, but that's besides the point. The problem is, though, he asks for a less abstract definition of energy, and what I just gave you, the quantity that is conserved in the systems that obey a continuous time translation symmetry is a more abstract concept. But the reason why... The thing is, that's really useful from us. The, the thing I gave is actually kind of useful from a scientific standpoint. And we don't really know how to explain what energy is in a less abstract sense. We don't have any, uh, the example says that we can't, there's nothing common. I can't point to a fluid and say that's energy. There, there's nothing that I can point to that's very common or easy. That's, that's energy. I can say the quantity that is conserved in systems that obey a continuous time translation symmetry. But what I can also say is, think about this. Angular momentum is the quantity that is conserved in systems with a continuous rotational symmetry. Did you see the physicist girl with the Tic Tacs? Yes, I did. But let me finish my point, if I may. Angular momentum is the quantity conserved with systems with a continuous rotational symmetry. Linear momentum is the quantity conserved with systems with a continuous translational in space symmetry. Um, a slightly more complex example I gave was electric charge is the quantity conserved with systems that obey a continuous U1 gauge symmetry. The point really is I can't point to an object like a fluid and say this is what energy is, but I can say energy is a conserved quantity a lot like these other things. There's, there's, a, there's a concept. There, there, there's a a box I can put it into, which right, is these so, conserved okay, quantities. Okay, so here, answer me this. And it's it's on the scale of the question you're answering and the people asking the question. But, you know, if I was asked to have a less abstract definition of energy, it would say something along of the lines of the... Um, oh, God. This is the 80s... This is the 80s uh, but it would be, I don't know the words I want to use, so get, forgive me here for not using exactly yeah. the right words, but, you know, it's the quantity of um, stuff that, you know, you can use, it does work, right? You can make a change in the system. Yes, the, 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 the ability to do work is, is another way I've heard it being used. But the, the guy who asked the question actually responded to me and made a very good quote, which was, he thanks the person... He quoted that uh, the more basic a physical notion, the more difficult it is to define in words. And that's kind of true in some sense, right? I mean, how do you... Oh, right. You know, you have... What is a knot? Like, if you could point to examples of knots, but what is a knot? Like, how do you define a knot? Uh, and this, okay. this does get into our, our new Northeast IPA stuff, New mm-hmm. IPA. How do you define that? But what is energy? It's this thing that when you are paying attention to everything, you notice that on certain types of system, this 
thing is concerned, right? That is the most valuable definition of energy that I know of. That is the most complete definition, the one that can be used in the most ways. Yeah, Ali just had a unit on, you know, potential kinetic and unbalanced forces and yeah. things like that. I've I've never really bought in on how they teach potential energy. Such as? Such as the potential of it. You know, it's like if you're sitting on a table that's 10 million miles wide, the odds of you ever falling off the table are zero, so do you still have a potential energy? You know? Yeah, no, it, it, it's... Because I, you know, I didn't understand it until my 30s, right? I didn't really... I didn't get a good idea of what it was in, until then, but now when I think about potential, I think about hills. Mm-hmm. That is... That's the way I think of it. So I think of something that is on the top of a mountain mm-hmm. has more potential energy than something that's on but the bottom of But all these bottles and cans have potential energy if yeah. they were to find their way off the edge of the table. Right. They but, have potential energy, but it's being it, it, it's being countered mm-hmm. by the energy of we, the table. We had a conversation. We had a conversation a little less than a year ago, where I was showing Ali some videos and a term that I never really learned in school, but I really like it: the normal force. Oh, okay, yeah, yeah. Because what the normal force is is okay. So why is this can not falling through the table? Because the electromagnetic force of the wood is holding it together and providing a force up against the can. In a way, and stuff like yeah, that. yeah. But, okay, we don't need that much detail. The the table, table is pushing back with the table, equal force. Okay, the can is not pushing the table down because the table has legs and the legs are strong enough to support the table and the table has enough uh, strength across its width, not the sag, and all that right. stuff. But let's just simplify all that and say, okay, so you have gravity pulling down on this can and the table has the normal force pushing up on the can, right. and everything's in equilibrium. Because that gives you the the, the Newtonian thing of there's, a, there's one mm-hmm. force, and there's another force. Mm-hmm. And when they're equalized, that means you, you've got a symmetry, and you're mm-hmm. fine. Yeah. That, the whole point that, that brought me to this was, was energy is related to a symmetry. All these concepts are related to a symmetry. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, I mean, I think the normal force is great because it, it shows... A symmetry. When you can point to a symmetry, then you can equalize everything well, and nothing's like happening. In, in this example, you are condensing a bunch of irrelevant interactions right. into the normal force. Mm-hmm. And if you condense it beyond what's irrelevant, then you're breaking your equation. I mean, but like they in, are relevant if you really want to think about them. But from right. from the point of where you know Allie's at and what she is thinking about and what what she has to learn, but also the irrelevant. scope of the problem. Yes. Right? and you have yeah, to you have to define so. you have to define what's in scope and what's out of scope. But I love the idea of taking everything that's out of scope and defining it as, in this case, the normal force. Right, and and at the same time, you you. And then you can ask the question, you've what is the normal before. force? And then... Yeah, and you've expressed before. Um, and I think that you would probably change your, your your mind about this, especially now. But you've expressed before, I don't like it when, when people simplify things, when, when they're explaining. <sighs> That's... You, know? you got me. You got me. I hate... Like, I complained about learning... Um, atoms. Right. You know, going from shells to orbitals to... 
Ugh. You got me. You really... I feel like John Oliver packing it up going home. <laughs> you got me. Um, yeah, I guess with age came, comes wisdom. It's a and, question of how much you want to know. Like, how, how deep are you well, willing I think, to go? Okay, so my, my remaining biggest complaint is the teachers never really said... We're only learning. Then there's more here. Aspect of it, right? They never really said there's more here, but let's go with the simple with the yes. simple version. They never right. never Where gave. If you... I ever teach someone the normal force, I will say there's these other things to consider, but that's out of scope. Right. And here is the scope. And with chemistry in eighth grade, here is the scope. Let me talk for thirty. You know, right. let me talk for... because they didn't understand it. Well, is mostly the reason yeah. why. Let me. Were... Yeah, you were getting teachers, te- you were getting taught by people who didn't understand the subject. Yeah. Let's talk for five minutes about the next steps, yeah. but that's out of scope. And here's how we're going to learn it. Right. That I would have been good with that. So yeah, that I think that's the that's where I'm going. And do. that's why Feynman. If you, I mean, I, I don't expect anybody who's who isn't really interested in physics to, to do it. But if you want, if you listen to his lectures, he's great at expressing. There's more here. There's mm-hmm. a lot deeper here. But let's let, let's work with what we have and see what we can come out of mm-hmm. with, with this. We'll go deeper later. Believe me, there's a lot. It, it is it gets deep. If you want to go deep, you can go really really deep. Mm-hmm. But we're at this point. Let's work with what we have, and we'll, we'll get. Well, there. like the example of the can on the table, right? I mean, you could tell a fourth grader. You could say, okay, there's the atoms in the table that are sticking together. There is the strength and the flex. There's the legs that are strong enough to hold the table up in the first place. Mm-hmm. All of that stuff. Let's not worry about the complexities. The table is the beginning of our scope. And the normal force holds that can from right. falling to the ground. You know, maybe with a little bit more. And I'd have to, I'd have to revise that ten times before a fourth grader would really of rock course. it. Of course, I mean, but... that, that was, I mean, like... That's where I got into the thing with, with, I think my explanation of Max, even though I don't think Max got it, mm-hmm. I think that would have made sense to a 12-year-old, mm-hmm. right, the, who didn't understand anything, who had enough experience to, to, to understand sort of what I was talking about. That would have, and that hopefully would have inspired more thought of, oh, well, why mm-hmm. does that happen, right? Yeah. Like, I, I, at least I think that you as an observer... Who doesn't understand? I mean, I'm not trying to insult you. You, you don't understand electricity to level. Insulted. Get the fuck out of my house. But you knew what I was doing, right? When I was mm-hmm. explaining that, and there it wasn't. Conf- I what I was trying you mean the to. Shoelaces? No, no. Oh. With, with with the with the magnet dropping oh, through the tube. Yeah, yeah. That no, it made sense, but it was probably a little I beyond mean, Max. I, I know Max a lot more intimately than you do. Yes. Right? So I. I knew that um, he didn't have enough uh, foundational sure. information to to get it. But I think I nailed. <laughs> now I'm like, oh man, I nailed it. I, I really do think I like. Okay, let's go down to something you understand. And then when I got to that level, I tried to explain it in terms that at least he told me he got right. And whether he actually understood it or not, he told me. Like he he was honest. He didn't know what current was. He didn't know what electricity was. So I had to kind of turn it into something that was that was communicable. No, I'll get there with them. It's uh, no, I'm not, I'm not you saying know, you you, you don't have to. No, no. The one thing that's really hard is realizing your baby's not a baby anymore. Yeah. You know, so it's like okay, so Allie and I have this maker thing going. 
And Max kind of rejects the idea of making because it's something it's like just like he rejected soccer because it's something his sister did. Yeah, I know. I, I mean, you, you mentioned that to me before, and that's why when he was here, you know, he was talking to you before you arrived, and I, I'm talking to him about that, and he said he wasn't really interested in making. It's like, yeah, maybe you should be like, you like Star Wars, right? It's like, maybe you should like want to be in a like. You could be an evil villain in a Star Wars thing, and you could do like you have a lightsaber and stuff like that. I'm just trying to kind of see if he could. He would well, that's it. it. I mean, so I. It, being a parent's hard, right? And it, it's nonsense. All right, I'm done. Yeah, hard bullshit. No. no, it's 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 there's not enough time to do everything I want to do. That's part of it. Yeah, and I want to get them both set up. And I want them both to be able to speak STEM fluently. I don't know if Max is going to follow that path. I mean, Allie really is on All right, that path, but, but and Max isn't. Max, I think he could be. I think, but he doesn't need to be. He doesn't have to be. It, it's well, and and that's almost like the the, the word. The bad part about a culture is he's a man. He doesn't have to be, and it may change in the future. Who knows? Yeah, you're right. But, but I mean, I'm thinking like it's it's kind of like it's it's. I got a piece of okay. Wrap it up. No, I can wrap it up real quick. And it's kind of like you know, it's just there's going to be like basic skills you need to have to be marketable, and you know, having a I'm just going to call it a fluency in STEM. And I don't know. That's being able to understand how to put together basic if statements and very. I don't know. STEM's useful now. I don't know what's the future is going to hold. I mean, 30 years ago they didn't know the program was going to be super big. Like I don't know. I, I can't yeah. say that STEM it, is, is, is if you useful look at the now. if you look at the rapid pace of acceleration, yeah, I mean it could easily be out of date. I mean, but, what, but, once we have robots doing all the programming for us, then we got other things that, that people are going to. So you have to have all the money to start, or you're going to be nothing. Or or we'll find. I mean, we'll find something else for people to do. Right? You're optimistic. I no, I just think I'm 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 pragmatic. I'm, I'm pragmatic. Optimistic, perhaps. So, well, pragmatic is the rich people are going to get richer. Well, yeah, I mean, it, it, shit's going to continue. I'm not <laughs> saying that, that, that the revolution's going to happen. All right, all right, Bye, everybody. Everybody.